to Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll begin at verse 14 this afternoon. This is God's holy word. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. And we'll end there this afternoon. Take, or remember, receive the helmet of salvation. Beloved, Paul wrote in Titus chapter 2, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. What a wonderful thing it is that there is a word salvation in our vocabulary. That there just isn't the word condemnation. But that in the Bible, in Jesus Christ, uh, there is salvation. And it's not just a word, it's a reality that there really is a Savior who saves and who gives us salvation, who has saved, who is saving, and who will save his people in all the fullness of what that word salvation means. And here in Ephesians chapter 6, for those who receive Jesus Christ by faith alone, that salvation is like, what's the piece of armor, boys and girls, from this morning? Salvation is like a helmet in our spiritual battle. And we have a battle. Someone once said the same grace that saves us that reconciles us to God, antagonizes the devil against us. If we are reconciled to God, if you are reconciled to God, you have an enemy, the devil. And he prowls, and he throws flaming arrows, and he does whatever he can uh, to undo if it were at all possible, which it is not the work of Christ in your life. And the main battleground of this good fight of faith, as we've already seen, is in the mind. It's in your thoughts. And so it's a helmet of salvation, which protects your head, your mind, your thinking. We looked this morning at the action of this verse to receive or to welcome it, to receive salvation. And we looked at the, the imagery of the armor that it is a helmet of salvation. And then in light of 1 Thessalonians 5.8, especially the hope of salvation, the hope of salvation, the future fullness of salvation is in a special way the helmet that God has given you to wear as a Christian. And I think it's good to remind ourselves again, we considered it this morning uh, a little bit from Isaiah 59, that the Messiah wears the helmet of salvation. And so this is how Christ fought as our champion, as the last Adam, when he came to destroy the works of the devil, He wore the helmet of salvation, or the helmet of the hope of salvation. How did he do that? 
as he lived his life and as he suffered what he did, even through Gethsemane and to the cross, he knew the promises of God for him as the Messiah. He knew Isaiah 53, verse 10. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Jesus knew that even as he was going to the cross, that beyond the cross was the resurrection that he would prolong his days, that he would see the light of life. And we know that Jesus knew that because listen to how he taught his disciples in Mark chapter 10. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said. The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. The hope of salvation. Psalm 21. O Lord, in thy strength the king will be glad, and in thy salvation how greatly he will rejoice. Now, salvation for Jesus was not salvation from his own personal sin. But as the sin bearer of all the sin of his people, as the one who laid down his life for his sheep, he was delivered from death and the grave. And in that salvation, he rejoiced. Think of how the promises of God's word worked in the mind and heart of our Lord in his battle for us. And we don't have to use imagination here because God's word tells us. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. How did the Lord Christ fight the battle to win our salvation for us? He did it wearing, Isaiah 59, the helmet of salvation, the helmet of the hope of salvation. How did he, how was he able to endure such opposition and such suffering for the joy set before him? He knew that the cross was not the last word. That suffering and condemnation for him, the the wrath of God against sin was not the final verdict. The joy set before him. He wore the hope of salvation as a helmet and it enabled him to endure and be victorious for us and for our salvation. So that in that salvation, we have hope. And it is of great advantage to us. We looked at the action here in verse 17, the helmet of salvation received. We looked at the armor. It's a helmet of salvation, the hope of salvation. Then we said, 
there are so many advantages for us. What are the advantages? How is the hope of salvation a, a help, a helmet, a, a decoration, an ornament, a protection, a defense in your life and in the good fight of faith? Well, it is as we look to the Savior who has provided salvation that our hope is not in ourselves, but it's in Christ. Who is he? He's raised from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. He has been given all power and authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth. He must continue to reign until all his enemies are under his feet. That's the helmet of salvation in your life. We are not to put our hope in princes, on mortal men who cannot save. But we are to put our hope in Jesus, who can save, and who does save, and who will save. Boys and girls, I have a very important question for you. I don't know how much you watch the news. You probably hear big people talking about the news all the time. And maybe that could be hard when you hear people talking about all kinds of things and you don't quite understand. Um, that can be hard. But let me ask you this question. Who is the ruler of Canada? Who's the ruler of Canada? I see lots of eyes doing that. Hmm. Who's the ruler of Canada? Well, there are two answers to that, aren't there? Maybe three. But two, you could say Prime Minister Trudeau. You could say Queen Elizabeth II. She's still alive, 70 years and still going. But that's not the most important answer that you need to know. Aiden, thank you. Say it a little bit louder, Aiden. Amen. From the mouths of babes. The helmet of salvation. Don't look too much. Don't look exclusively at the leaders of this world. If you do, you're asking to be discouraged. You're asking to be frightened. Aren't you? Lift your eyes higher to the throne of heaven. Lift your eyes to the resurrected, ascended, seated Lord Jesus Christ. That's the helmet of salvation. That's the helmet of Jesus. And the helmet of salvation, we have that present salvation that we are to think about, to guard our minds and to beautify our lives. The devil comes as the accuser of believers, reminding us and pointing out the sin that still remains in our lives. But we put on the helmet of salvation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.6, to the praise of his glorious grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. No condemnation. You're justified. You are accepted in Christ by God. You are loved 
by God. Not just on your good days, every day if you're a believer. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. You are a child of God. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. It's all different aspects of your salvation. And when the devil comes to you in a thousand ways, you put on the helmet of salvation in your thinking. And whatever he may try to suggest to you, you say in biblical language, but I know. Not how I feel, how I, what I know is true for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is what I know is true about my salvation because I'm trusting the Savior. That's the helmet of salvation, and the present blessings of our salvation. But there are things that are future for us as well, things that we now have in part, and one day we will have in full. And that's, again, First Thessalonians 5.8. Since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. And so again, that's a real focus, the hope of salvation as a helmet. Paul says in Romans 5, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. All those present blessings. Then he goes on, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Present blessings are always married to future hopes. Because God is the God of hope, Romans 15, 13. Christ Jesus is our hope, 1 Timothy 1, 1. In Galatians 5, 5 says, for through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Hope, hope, hope. Hope for the individual Christian. Hope for the church as a whole. Hope even for this whole creation in Jesus Christ. William Gurnall said, Hope brings the Christian and heaven together as if he were already there. That's how certain it is. And that's why the hope of salvation is such a helmet in the Christian battle. The helmet, as we said, was decorative, often with those big plumes or crests, polished, works of art in many cases. Oh, beloved, salvation adorns a believer. The beauty of holiness and Christ-likeness. But sin mars that, that beauty in our lives. But one day, every child of God will be perfectly righteous. That's the hope of salvation. The future expectation and hope of perfect righteousness ought to give you present encouragement and perseverance every day. 
we keep sinning. And the devil can use that to discourage you. Look at you again. The devil wants to condemn you toward discouragement. The spirit convicts you toward confession of that sin so that it will be cast into the depths of the sea. But in this process in which God is changing us from one degree of glory to another, from glory to ever-increasing glory, that sin that mars the reflection of Christ in our lives, one day will be fully dealt with and eradicated. Dear friends, now we are the children of God, and what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. That hope of salvation has a blessing in your life today that though you fall seven times, by God's grace, you get up again because you know that sin won't be the last word in your life, that you won't have to wrestle against it forever, but that God will make you perfectly like his son one day. That's the goal of our predestination, to be conformed to the image of Christ. You have that hope of your ultimate victory over sin in your life. And that helps you every day. Kids, I was trying to think of an example. Let's say that you were on a soccer team or a hockey team, let's say, and somehow you knew that at the end of the game, you would win. You knew that and that was sure. Wouldn't that make such a great difference if you went and took the break at halftime, even though you were losing 10 nothing. If you knew at the end you'd win, would you still want to go on the field in the second half? Of course you would. Because you know you'd win. It wouldn't utterly discourage you. You, you wouldn't say, oh guys, well, let's just quit. We're, we're 10 goals down. And someone would say, no, we're going to win this game. And you'd get out and you'd keep. Keep at it. Life is not a game. But we are completely sure that the victory will be won over sin in your life. And in that spiritual battle, day by day, the devil just says, give in. Just give in. What's the use? And you look ahead to the day when you will be without sin. You say, that's where I'm headed. That's where I'm going. Being confident of this, confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love and with him is full redemption He himself will redeem Israel from all his sins. The helmet of the hope of salvation in your personal life and struggle against sin. But you know, the helmet of the hope of salvation also helps us as we interact with the sin in the lives of other people. And we are that for other people too. Always remember that. 
when you think about the sins of other people's lives and how that, how you have to deal with that, well, they're dealing with you too. But think of, of just dealing with sin in, in our relationships and how that can be sometimes so hard and so discouraging and so frustrating. And you want to say, I'm done. I quit. I'm giving up. I don't want this hassle. It's not worth it. This is never going to change. That's what the devil's telling you. But in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a hope of salvation. We have the hope that not only will our sin be one day completely dealt with and gone, so will the sin of every other Christian. The person that you are really struggling to love right now, one day their sin will be gone. Their sin will be gone. We can get frustrated, angry. Fellowship and friendships can be damaged in all kinds of ways. Will you keep making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? You will be helped to do that in the hope of salvation. The devil says, why bother bother better off without them? But with the helmet of salvation, you think one day that other person will be sinless. And so will I. And we will be able to live together in perfect love and fellowship forever. And we need to remember that hope today and every day. The Christian that you are really having a hard time getting along with today that one day that won't be the case. And so persevere. Persevere. C.S. Lewis said something very interesting. He said of Christians, remember that if now somehow we were able to see a Christian in glory, you would be strongly tempted to fall down in worship. There will be such glory And such beauty that we could scarcely imagine it. We need to remember that today when we're living with each other. The fellowship, the sinless, perfect fellowship that we will have one day in glory. My parents used to say that to us too many times. It's embarrassing to remember how many times. But they just say to us, boys, you're going to be together in heaven forever, aren't you? when we weren't getting along here on earth. That makes you think. The helmet of the hope of salvation. Don't give up. Don't give up with struggling with sin in your own life. And don't give up interacting with the sins in other people's lives the sins and frustrations and separations will not be the last word in the church. You know, we've gone through this letter to the Ephesians, and from chapter 4 on, 
Paul has spoken of the unity of the church, the maturity of the church, the purity of the church. And one day, all those things will be fully realized and experienced. That's the hope of salvation. What a blessing it is. It has many practical advantages for us. The hope of salvation will give you as a Christian encouragement to do what, what Gurnall, I like the word, so I'll just use the word he used, although it's a bit of an old word, exploits. Exploit. An, an exploit is, is a very ambitious, big, challenging thing to do. Shackleton going to the South Pole is an exploit. And he didn't know if he'd get there. There are many things uh, that for the hope of worldly success, people in the world uh, will attempt great things for to, to, to get hope, the hope of profit in business. The hope of being elected in an election. The hope of a gold medal at the Olympics. And you think of the energy and the time, the effort that people put for the, the hope of those things. But we have the sure and certain hope of heaven. God will, Jesus will build his church. And so Christian men and women should be in the gospel, in the kingdom, for Christ. Men and women of exploits. William Carey said, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. Because we have a sure and certain hope in salvation. So when we think of evangelism or ministry or working and serving and loving our neighbors, again, Satan says, why bother? It's no use. You've tried that. It's failed. Give up. But we have the hope of salvation. Not one of Jesus' sheep will be lost. Not one of the elect will perish. All the elect will be saved. Not one will be missing. The helmet of salvation, the hope of salvation of Christ church should encourage us to do exploits. It should encourage us to be content to serve in small and humble and quiet and unseen ways, even in things that are looked down on in the world. The hope of salvation. Every cup of cold water given in the name of Jesus is seen and will be rewarded. Jesus said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Why would you do that? Well, because it's Christ-like. He came not to be served, but to serve. But because you also know the last will be first and the first will be last. The hope of salvation. It should encourage us to be patient in suffering. And that means all kinds of suffering. We, 
we are allowed to, encouraged to even in the Bible, to seek remedies and relief in our suffering, be physical suffering, mental suffering, different ways, but our ultimate hope lies elsewhere. We do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Some of you are going through physical suffering you have for many years, and it's with you, some of you, every day. And I'm sure the devil can use that, tries to use it against you. How can God really love me? You put on the helmet of salvation that one day you will have a body like unto his glorious body. And like the man in the book of Acts, you will run and leap for joy. Patient in suffering, the helmet of the hope of salvation. Paul says, after he spoke of those present blessings in Romans 5, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Patient in suffering and in affliction, especially for the gospel, Peter said to Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. That's the helmet of the hope of salvation. And the way it's lived out, we see very practically Hebrews 10. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in a great conflict of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. The devil will have you focus on what is seen and temporary, always, especially if you're losing it and it's being taken away from you. But the helmet of the hope of salvation focuses on better and lasting possessions. Others were tortured, it says in Hebrews 11.35, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Satan, of course, brings the question why in the face of the immediate pain and loss and persecution and suffering. Why? He says, why? Why, why endure that? But the helmet of salvation, the helmet of the hope of salvation protects your thinking with the because 
of eternal glory. Therefore, we do not lose heart. 2 Corinthians 4.16, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And lastly, the helmet of the hope of salvation should encourage us to be steadfast in waiting for God to fulfill his promises. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Put on the helmet of the hope of salvation. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It is good to wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. Lamentations 3. Habakkuk 2, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. The helmet of the hope of salvation knows that God keeps his promises and that he has his own holy calendar by which he keeps those promises. Beloved, there is nothing so decorative and nothing so protective as the helmet of salvation. Paul was wearing that helmet himself, the helmet of the hope of salvation when he wrote these words. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we yet do not have, we wait for it patiently. And what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God 
that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a helmet of the hope of salvation. Welcome it.